0: Hi, I'm Dee.
1: And I'm Alex. And together we're DNA. And you're listening to the DNA of Mindful Relationships podcast.
0: Today we're talking about how to have the perfect relationship, if there is such a thing. Mm-hmm.
1: I think I think uh, the movies would have us believe that there are perfect relationships.
0: Yes.
1: Um, so you know everyone aspires to the rolling around on the sheets and doing it on the kitchen bench and happily ever after. But which as, is the
0: Hollywood version of perfect relationship?
1: Yeah, and unfortunately that sets up certain. Uh, expectations i think some mm. people live through that kind of expectation that that's what the perfect relationship is and that's how we should aspire mm. to have a relationship but we all know that at some point you got to do the laundry you got to sit on the toilet you got to do all the things that they don't show Not at in the same movie.
0: time <laughs>
1: <laughs> unless it's a very heavy load
0: <laughs> unless your toilet is in the laundry that's a possibility
1: yeah so I think, I think today what we want to explore is what's a realistic version of a perfect relationship? Mm.
0: But, you know, Alex, when you say realistic, some people might think, oh, that sounds a bit boring or dull or, or lacking the romanticism that we see in Hollywood movies.
1: Yeah, look, but you can sustain that uh, as what we call the honeymoon period um, and people can have that kind of feeling and euphoria, and everything's good. But at some point, you've got to fart in front of your partner, you know. <laughs> and, and that's reality. I mean, it's not about uh, you know everything is perfect. So the question is, how do we, as mere non Hollywood mortals, aspire to have a relationship that is um, respectful, that is loving? Mm-hmm that enables the individuals within it to grow themselves um, and to take a journey together. I think that's really what we're talking about.
0: Yeah, I think that's the key. And also the other key word that you've used is expectations. I think be aware of your expectations. If you go into a relationship, um, and we are talking about being a conscious person in a relationship, which means... That self awareness is there. You know, you've you spent a little bit of time reflecting on what's important for you in a relationship. What factors really matter? For example, does it really matter that your partner, um, you know, has a beard or doesn't have a beard? Is it that matters really... to me if
1: my partner has a beard? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, like the bearded woman in the British yes. Showman. Yeah. Yeah, she's a good singer though, <laughs> so she'd be good to have around. Um, but. Does, is, that, is that a big factor for you or is it that you, you're treated with respect and kindness and openness and there's honesty and integrity? What really matters to you, I think, is something you need to spend a bit of time, quite a bit of time, reflecting on and, and maybe even journaling and writing down what matters to you.
1: Well, I think, I think the whole thing starts pre-being in the relationship. So if you're not already in a relationship – you've still got the opportunity, I guess, to adjust your expectations. And that even starts from like dating apps and how you put yourself out there. And I'm sure that's a topic for a whole other podcast, but the whole point of actually putting yourself out there in a way that's authentic, that helps you then to find someone who matches with your expectations of life and mm-hmm. and what a relationship should be. Because if yeah. you get that right, then at least you're both on the same page. If that's wrong from the beginning, then you find yourself in a situation where there's a mismatch in what you're looking for, and then it's just a case of trying to play catch-up after that.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, There are two people that come in with all of their expectations, all of their preconceived ideas of relationships, and um, and also different styles of communicating, different styles of um, forming attachment. And that's, that's something we can talk more in detail about in the um, next few episodes because um, attachment styles can really impact on a relationship as well. Mm. So you've got so many factors that can impact. It's a wonder we actually connect with people.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> there are so many obstacles in the way. So I guess it's a case of I think expectation is really, really important. If we're going to talk about, you know, aspiring to as close to a perfect relationship as we can get, it's about expectations, that you both are on the same mm. page and coming uh, to the relationship with with that uh, in mind. Yeah. Otherwise, someone wants the casual thing, someone wants a, a long-term relationship. Well, that's probably not going to work to begin mm. with. Uh, so you, you've got no hope of having a perfect relationship if your goals are different.
0: So what, one of the, the first things we, we just mentioned is communicating to yourself, reflecting on what's important for you and that takes quite a bit of time to work out. Well, getting your house and, in order, isn't it? Yeah, getting, getting your your house in order, being clear about um, what what matters to you but then being able to communicate that to somebody else um, is, is a whole other thing and, and how you communicate that and when and what happens when things don't go quite as you expect it to go, <laughs> um, what do you do? How do you deal with it? How do you manage the conflict that comes up in a relationship? And it always will come up.
1: So I guess once you're in a relationship, you've you've got that initial blissful honeymoon period where all is good generally. Mm-hmm. If it's not, then um, I guess that's the time to make sure, go back a step and make sure that you are on the same page because that's, that's mm-hmm. really important. Uh, and there's also nothing wrong with killing a relationship early. Um, you
0: know, uh, I don't know if you want to use that word. <laughs> well, what
1: I'm, what I'm saying is don't Ending. drag it on and on with the hope that it's going to be something that it's not capable of being. Now, I'm not yep. saying that um, a, a, a relationship that has some issues can't grow and and improve from that. No, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that if a relationship, if you know that it's wrong that you've got different expectations, and often, and I'll go out on a limb here, you know, and say that often a woman thinks she can maybe change a man. And- really? Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> what I've heard. Um, you know, she thinks that you know I can I can mould him and shape him into what I would mm. want him to be. Um, well, sometimes that's that's just not going to happen, and so I think you need to be realistic and understand. Are you both capable of being on the same page? And if you're not, mm. then, you know, exit.
0: Yes. Well, I see where you're coming from, Alex. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, I want to add in there, um, I think these days people give up really quickly on relationships. Well, They give up and on everything.
1: We live in a disposable it's society. A, yes, exactly.
0: It's that swipe right, left and it's done, you know, either way. However, I think relationships do take work and effort. And work is an unfortunate word because it, it sounds quite negative, mm. but it does take effort. And um, essentially, it's to me, it's about prioritizing your relationship. It's the third entity um, in in the room.
1: It's like a threesome.
0: It's a threesome, <laughs> exactly. Actually, that's not a bad concept. So... If you can focus on that third entity, what what can I do now that will benefit the relationship? Not me, not him or her, but the relationship, mm-hmm. then often the, the response or the action you take can have a positive impact.
1: Oh, that is interesting because it's almost like how can I be altruistic to for the relationship yes. in, in some yeah. way?
0: So I guess what I'm saying is that... Um, I would encourage people to, you know, if you're in a relationship with someone who has some good values and positive qualities but you're just not communicating the way you'd like to or, or you know, something is not quite working but it's not that severe that you want to give up on it, um, there are ways that you can improve the relationship without necessarily your partner being participating in it. I mean, it's great if your partner does mm. but there's a lot of, things that you can do to take responsibility for your unhappiness or your part in the relationship. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah. So give me some examples. What are you, what are you, what are you thinking about you <laughs> I knew there? you were
0: going to ask me that. <laughs> okay, so let me think of an example. An example might be that uh, I'm trying to think of one that I can relate to between you and I. Are you getting
1: personal now? A little bit. All right.
0: A little bit. Um an example might be okay, let's use the shaving in the sink. Um,
1: oh, we're going to go in the bathroom there, are we? sink. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, for me, sometimes it does get a bit annoying if Alex shaves and leaves some of the shavings and lots of water splashed everywhere and then just walks off. Now, I have a few options there. I can look at it and get pissed off <laughs> and go, oh, freaking Alex is doing it again. And I can do that over and over and over. Or I can ignore it and just allow it to happen, but that's not going to happen because I don't agree with shavings left in the sink. Or I can actually do something about it because it's and annoying clean it me. Up. And clean it up. Maybe that's another option. <laughs> yeah, look, I can clean it up. I can clean it up and go, okay, okay. This is annoying me. I'll clean it up. No, yes. but
1: I wouldn't expect that. And yep. you have had that conversation with me.
0: Yeah. So that—that's—that's that's the ultimate thing: is to be able to say, "This is this is disturbing me, upsetting me. Can you please not do that? Is it possible? And hopefully, if your partner is, um, you know, values your needs and and you know the way that you're feeling about things, you know, he will respond appropriately.
1: Yes, and lucky for him that he did. (laughs) That's all I'll say. Yeah,
0: and sometimes he might slip up (laughs) and still do it.
1: Never happened, never happened. So
0: going back to that example, um, I guess if I don't take responsibility for the way I'm feeling, then I can just get angrier and angrier and angrier. Now, you can imagine in a lot of relationships and a lot of um, partnerships that people do that. They let things go and they let things go. Yeah and they let things build up, and they're hoping for the other person to change. Mm -hmm. So the change that you need to make is is your response to the situation. Mm -hmm. So communicating. Now, that sounds like an easy example, but it took me many years to learn how to do that.
1: What? Tell me not to shave? (laughs) You haven't been (laughs) going out that long. I haven't (laughs) known you
0: that long. No, but it took me a long time to feel comfortable to say, um, Pay, do you mind if you not do that? Because it's, you know, it's something and that I, think, I don't like. And
1: I think that's also, that's something as a guy, um, you know, I think often women in a relationship will expect the guy just to know what the right thing to do is. Yes. Now, you know, we're not mind readers. We're not clairvoyant. And sometimes we just need to be told. Um, and then if I'm made aware of something that I need to change, that's great. If I'm expected just to know it and to assume to I, I should know it because it's the right thing to do, um, well, it might not come to me that way. So I appreciate a woman who can tell me what she's thinking and feeling so that I can, you know, adjust to that.
0: Yes, yeah. So how would you know otherwise if I didn't share it with you, I didn't communicate it with you? But the import, the other important factor in that is to communicate it with love and respect, if I was yelling and screaming and swearing and putting you down for it, mm-hmm. I can't imagine you wanting to clean up No, well No, I'm more likely to arc
1: up and back away from yeah. that request.
0: Yeah. So um, how you communicate things is just as crucial as communicating.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so I think um, if we talk about being on the same page and being open with our communication, that's a good start to having a good relationship. What are the, some of the other factors that you think Dee, are really important to establishing, I guess in the early days at least, because what you establish early on sets the blueprint for the relationship, mm. I believe.
0: Okay, so um, I guess it's worth talking about what is not a what, what's an, what situation creates a really negative um, yep. relationship. Yep. And what what situation creates um, you know pain and suffering and a situation where you want to get out of it rather than stay in it, mm-hmm. and it's worth looking at what a great relationship isn't. Yep. So that you know what to compare it to. Yeah. So that I th- I think we might might be worth talking about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think um, Dr. John Gottman wrote a book and did a lot of research on. Um, relationships and studied multiple relationships, and he looked at the um, what he calls the, the four horses of the apocalypse in mm-hmm. relationships. So I just want to go over those. Mm-hmm. And one is stonewalling, and stonewalling is when um, an issue is brought up, and the partner that's stonewalling doesn't respond to it, doesn't want to deal with it. Stops that conversation from going any further. Yeah, so you can imagine what that's like for the person being stonewalled Mm -hmm. Um, Literally, there's a brick wall in your face.
1: Yeah,
0: actually not literally metaphorically (laughs) (laughs) So that's one thing that um, if if it happens continually, it's going to impact on the relationship the second one is criticism so like I was saying before, if you communicate with negativity and put-downs and um, criticise the, the, the person and not the act, not the behaviour, then that can lead to, de- to the uh, deterioration of the relationship. The third one is contempt. And I think contempt is um, is one of the biggest signs of a relationship um, about to fail. mm mm-hmm. And when contempt comes into a relationship, then um, it's really heading down the googler. Yep. Unfortunately. I'm sure that's how, <laughs> that's the official term. Yep. Um, and the fourth one is, let me think. The fourth one is, oh, geez, I've gone blank.
1: So we've got stonewalling. Stonewalling. Contempt. Contempt. Criticism.
0: Criticism. And, an, and another one, it'll come back to me. Yeah. I can't think of the fourth one. Yeah. But...
1: But in other words, don't be a negative Nancy.
0: Don't be a negative Nancy. Yeah. And don't communicate in a negative way. Yeah. Yeah. So once you understand, I think, the things that actually destroy a relationship, the things that um, you know make you not want to be with that person, mm. then we can look at, okay, if, if you're not doing any of those things... What are the the more positive things that we can put in place to make um, the perfect relationship?
1: Yeah, and so I've, I think the the cornerstones for me is obviously respect. Yeah. Um, because it's hard to be um, communicating with contempt if you respect the other person. Yes. It's hard to criticize them if you respect them. Um, I mean, you can still criticize, but I think. It, that whole thing of respect, of having gratitude for having that person in your life, mm. those are the sorts of things I think that make it hard for contempt to live in your relationship. Mm. You know if you're a person who is mindful of other people and you're not just self focused, yes. um, you know I mean, the sorts of things that we have in our relationship we we talk things through. Um, we we're, we're aware of each other's feelings about certain things, and you don't really make uh, decisions in isolation without you know discussing it with the other person if it's going to have a potentially a negative impact on them. And you don't always get it right, but you want no. to be mindful of that. That's the goal that you're trying to aspire hmm. to.
0: Yeah, and um, and I think that's where the respect respect is a very broad term in relationships because if you're making, um, decisions based on, um, one sort of singular approach, then the other person's going to feel like, how do I matter in this relationship? Do I matter? Mm-hmm. You know, how am I significant to that person? Yeah. So, um, being able to, um, consult with your partner is really important because it, it, it means that they're important to you. It's a a very strong, powerful message.
1: And I want to get back to that other point of gratitude because I I don't know that people do it often enough. No. At some point in a relationship, uh, you know, you somehow sometimes start taking the other person for granted and you forget what life was like before that person came into your life. Yeah. And it's easy to get into a rut and to get into life and, you know, 10 years, 20 years down the track with kids and everything – you just you know you know you're going to wake up and that person's just going to be there and you know that person's going to be there the next day and the next day and at some point um, it's very easy to get too relaxed about that. Yes. And I think if you are still grateful for having that person in your life, assuming that you know they, they haven't done anything you know really really um, terrible, awful. yeah, awful, <laughs> um, then I think it's important to have that feeling of gratitude and to try and do those things that are special and keeps your relationship alive and fresh. You know, date nights and little surprises. And they don't have to be big, expensive gestures. They just be something that says, you know what, I was thinking of you today.
0: In fact, it's even better if they're not big and expensive gestures because um, nobody wants to be bought yeah out <laughs> um i love to be bought
1: lay by though lay but, by <laughs> but it's not cash all in one go
0: so it it really is the day to day gestures the everyday gestures when you walk in the door when you leave in the morning um you know the the kiss and the hug and and you know the the way that you say goodbye the mm. way that you greet each other um, how you make dinner together, how you spend your leisure time together they 're the things that really matter yeah. and and they 're the things that build up in a relationship. but going back to your point of gratitude, i think I think we we all need to cultivate more gratitude um, in our lives um, in our relationships, because unfortunately, our minds are designed to pick up on problems mm-hmm. and um, pick up on possible dangers. I guess. And so our minds um, uh, almost – it's almost like a uh, – what's it? Like a, a beacon? Is that the right well, it's word? Like, it's like, like watching the news, isn't yeah. it?
1: You watch the news – no one's no one does they know a good news stories on the news if the whole news was just all good news stories it wouldn't right people wouldn't tune yeah. in
0: so we're, we're designed to look out for faults and problems yeah. so it's you know it's a um it's about our um, and then
1: we focus on them, and we forget about all the good stuff, so you could have ninety nine good things that happen, one bad thing happens, and that 's what you focus on,
0: yeah, so being able to cultivate that practice of hang on what what's really good about this situation, even though something not so good just happened yeah what's good about my partner overall, mm-hmm. so that you can you know keep that in mind um you know there's more to you as a person there's more to your partner than that particular difficulty or that particular behavior that that you're upset about.
1: All right. So we've talked about respect, communication, gratitude. Mm. What about some of the more basic like day-to-day things with Mm. your relationship? So, you know, how you do things together like, you know, sharing a house, um, you know, negotiating time to spend with each other. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff that we get caught up in our day to day with work and and life. What about those sorts of things? How do we make that? Um, how do we weave that into a perfect relationship?
0: Well, the thing that comes to mind when you you know when you ask that is that we tend to treat our partners differently to our friends, and mm-hmm. I, I find that really fascinating because if we if we te- if we actually treated our partners like our best friend mm-hmm. or like we would, you know, um, our friends that we grew up with or that we've known for a long time, we would behave quite differently. I think we, and this is part of taking your partner for yeah. granted. So living with someone respectfully, um, just because they're your partner doesn't mean you can do whatever you want. You know, you maintaining that sort of respectfulness and, Having clear boundaries, although the boundaries between partners will be a little bit more blurry. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to communicate when things get a bit difficult or tough. or um, And I think we, we will do an episode in the future about communication in particular. Because mm. what you say and how you say it is quite critical to the relationship being on a more positive path or being yeah. on a destructive path.
1: Yeah. Do you think... Do you think that people treat their friends in such a way to keep up a certain appearance or or that they are genuinely that way with their friends but then close the door and with their partners are different because they don't need any more to keep up that pretense?
0: Yeah, I think there is an element of that. <clears throat> um, and I think we need to flip it around the other way. <laughs> yeah. If anything, that... Our partners are the person that should be our number one priority,
1: mm.
0: and um, they're the they're the ones that we should be focused on. Um, not necessarily pleasing is not the right word, but you know, if someone is a priority, then there you would consider their needs, you would consider their perspective, mm-hmm. you would consider you know their opinion yeah. in a way that you might do with a friend. Yeah. That you you know you didn't want to offend. But what we do with our partners is um, we take it for granted and they'll get over it or, you know, um, or they'll be fine because this is what I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They'll still be there tomorrow regardless.
0: But not necessarily always happens that way, does it? (laughs) No, it doesn't always
1: work out that way. And I think that's the thing. That's why you can nip it in the bud before problems arise by not expecting that that person will be there tomorrow and will take anything that you dish out. And I think that's that's probably the point, is that if you respect that person and you don't take them for granted, um, they're wanting to be there because of their choice, not because of circumstance, not because of them waiting for a day to get out of that relationship, but because they truly want to be there. And this is really what we're talking about, is... What makes, I mean, there's no such thing. I think let's both agree there's no such thing as a perfect relationship, right? No,
0: I don't think we could actually define a perfect relationship. However, we can, there are lots of elements that make up a really healthy, thriving, loving, positive relationship.
1: Yeah. So, so let's, let's cover off some of those other points that, um, that contribute to a successful relationship. Um, intimacy.
0: Intimacy.
1: Yeah. Talk to me about in- intimacy.
0: Into me.
1: Into me.
0: <laughs> you see. So intimacy is really about um, being able to share your innermost self with another person. So it's not just the the act of, um, you know, sexual sort of uh, activity, if that's the right way to put it. mm-hmm. um, it's, it's also about sharing your innermost thoughts and dreams and, experiences Mm. uh, with another person it's a very intimate experience to share your dreams that you've never really discussed with anybody else part and part of that and what comes with that is physical touch affection sexuality um sexual fantasies all of that is part of the the intimate part of a a relationship which is all really important.
1: important yeah And I think, I think people get it wrong when they see intimacy equals sex. Um, For me, intimacy foreplay starts not in the bedroom, but starts in the kitchen, starts you know, and I don't mean like that.
0: <laughs> it can get a bit messy in the kitchen. Watch out. But I mean,
1: you know, just, uh, you know, touching your partner while you're both cooking together and just, you know, giving them a hug while they're over the stove, things like that. And I think <laughs> that, that didn't come out right. Did that sounded it? a bit funny.
0: But I, I have to say, it is, it's a lovely experience when... When um, Alex comes over um, behind me, and <laughs> when Alex stands behind me, and I know he's there, I can feel he's there, and I'm chopping something or, or preparing something, and he just gives me a hug and a little kiss on the neck, and you know, it's a little, it's a little sign of affection, not that little, because it actually is um, quite um, what's the, reinforcing of the intimacy that that we already have. Hmm. So. It's, that, that's why, going back to what I was saying, it's those little day to day experiences and connections you have throughout the day that matter.
1: Yeah, because I think often some couples may go through their day, come home, prepare dinner, do all the stuff, hop into bed, and then the guy might say, Let's how go for it. it. Yeah, <laughs> how about it? And, you know, the woman's either tired or, more than anything, she's probably really not in the mood because there's no mood being created. And I think that mood yeah. starts from, I mean, it's all day. It's a whole, you know, sending a text message to your partner at work, you know, just, hey, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of you yeah. and with a little rose uh, emoticon or something. You know, those are the little things yeah. that keep the connection going all through the day.
0: And here's a little bit of a generalisation. So for most women, and this doesn't apply to all women, but for most women, um, if there, there hasn't been that... that um connection throughout the day or the week, the desire to be sexual and physical with a with the man, their partner, um, sort of goes out the window. Mm. So it makes it really hard for them to That's why be I keep the windows sexual. closed in my room. <laughs> <laughs> and he, the other side of that with men, the generalisation, is that um, men can get on with their day, have no actual um, emotional conversation or connection with the partner, and still Feel okay to have a um, the physical intimacy. Well, men compartmentalise, don't they? So they're
1: at work, I'm focused on tasks. i like coming home, I'm focused on this, and now yeah. I'm in the bedroom, I'm focused on the bedroom yeah. task.
0: However, it doesn't apply to everyone. Yeah. there are men that love having that bonding throughout the day and need it, and you know, women that are, I guess, I would call a bit more of a masculine energy that don't need it so much, and they don't require the um, the little acts of um, affection and and bonding, um, and there there are and that that can clash, just as much as the other way yeah. as well.
1: And I think we'll we'll do another podcast on men versus women, and you know, and the
0: sexuality. Ho-
1: well, on everything, the differences between men and women. And I think part of we're different. Yeah, apparently <laughs> you didn't get the memo. <laughs> um, so apparently, you know, what I'm what I'm suggesting here is that. Um, it's important for men to understand that women are different, and women to understand that men are different. And what we think applies to us doesn't necessarily apply for our partners. And it's about being in touch with that. And we may not feel like, what's the point? I wouldn't do it that way. You, you know, you could, you could just think like that. But because we are different, we need to communicate differently. It's like you know, a student who is an auditory learner as opposed to a visual learner. Mm-hmm. right if you just try and communicate to them or at them in the way that you think they need rather than the way that mm. they need to receive that information the message gets lost yeah and i think in relationships you need to tune in to your partner and what it is that they need and how they need to receive it and you need to communicate it in that way
0: yeah so that that actually brings me to the five love languages Have you heard of the five love languages?
1: Spanish, French, (laughs) no. No. So,
0: um, see, this is why I wanted to do dot points (laughs) so we could plan this discussion. (laughs) But um, I can't remember the name of of the guy that developed um, the notion of five love languages. And Mm. essentially what he was saying was that everybody has a different love language. And if you can tune into your partner's love language then you can connect with them in a more intimate way. Mm. For example, I for me, um an act of kindness is something that um shows that I you know that my partner um loves me and cares about me and has thought about me. For example, if if you were to make me a cup of tea and bring it to me without me even asking, mm. it's a lovely gesture. And then I might say no I want coffee, (laughs) take it back, (laughs) take it back. No, but acts of kindness for me um, rate quite highly. For you, I think um, touch and physical affection probably rates uh, a little bit more highly than acts of kindness. Mm -hmm. And these are things that you can look at. So the other love languages involve gifts. Yeah. So we talked about acts of kindness, physical affection, gifts. Yeah. Uh, verbal Mm -hmm. affection, and time, spending time with your partner. Yeah. And look, they're all very important.
1: Does this count as time spent with you? Yes. (laughs) Good.
0: (laughs) In fact, it's 33 minutes and 12
1: seconds
0: (laughs) so far. Um, So all of those things are important, but some people value some of those more than others. And understanding your partner and what's important to them is understanding how you can make your partner feel more loved, and wanted, and valued. Cool,
1: I'm learning lots. Good, good. <laughs> so, anything else that you think is important for well, a relationship to be successful?
0: Look, there, there's multiple. There are multiple number of things, and we probably don't have time to talk about them yeah. all. But the, I just wanted to add one more thing that. I think is crucial and again this has come out of Dr. Um, John Gottman's research and that is when an issue comes up for a person in the relationship if their partner turns away from them then that has a big impact so the opposite of that would be turning towards your partner not away from your partner and I don't mean
1: literally literally Mm -hmm.
0: so let me give you an example so let's say you win an award for something. Awesome. And you're excited. You come home and you go, babe, I won this award and I wasn't expecting it and I'm so excited and I don't celebrate that joy with you. Mm. That has a large impact on the relationship because you can imagine the message I'm sending you if I just go, hmm, okay.
1: I don't share in your joy. Yes, hmm.
0: Yeah. And... That's Joy as an example, but let's say you use something not so joyful. Maybe you've had um, a fight at work with somebody, a verbal altercation or some sort of conflict. You come home and share it. And again, I don't turn to you and show you that I value the fact that you're going through that.
1: There's no empathy.
0: There's no empathy, mm. yeah. Um, and partners that can turn to each other in times of need, whether it's through a joyous occasion or a or, you know, source of conflict, that's another factor that can um, help yep. you know, create a, a loving relationship.
1: Yep. Cool. Well, I think we've covered off heaps there. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot more, obviously. Yeah. We can't fit it all in. But I guess in summing up, um, we accept that there is nothing as a perfect relationship doesn't exist. But even we can still aspire to have a happy, um, growing and I guess um, joyful relationship that celebrates us as a couple as well as us as individuals. And Mm. I think we probably haven't touched on that, but it's important to also allow the individuals within the relationship to continue to grow as individuals and not just become John and Betty. You know, that John can still be John and Betty can be Betty. Yes. Um, we and, don't
0: want it to be Bon. Yeah. Or Jetty. <laughs> jetty. We don't want people to merge because then they lose their identity. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think I, I heard Will Smith talk about that on Facebook somewhere, so it must be true. <laughs> it must be true. Um, you know, he one of the things he said was that, he and Jada are not um, they're not the same they're not merged. What they are are two individuals yeah. who have made the decision to go on this journey together yeah and I think that's a really good way of thinking about things that you know we we sometimes lose ourselves in a relationship, and the opposite of that is that we we remain too individual and independent and don't share enough Mm. with each other. And I think it's finding that balance between those two things that enables us to live happily um, but also continue our own personal growth journeys.
0: So we're not saying that um, uh, you can't have – you oh, let me start again. (laughs) We're not saying that um, a perfect relationship doesn't mean that there's no fighting and conflict Mm. and – Um, you know suffering or pain it just means that um, you work through those issues you discuss them you talk about them in a kind and respectful loving manner Mm. and you grow as a result and come out of that um, almost transformed into a, a different type of relationship each time that happens that's my belief anyway
1: and if I bring up a, a point that's personal to us, I remember that you know we were talking earlier on in our relationship about you know how do we know if we're compatible and and you know that we're on the right track together. And I think one of the one of the things I said was that I've seen all I need to see of you, um, and you, I don't know that you quite understood that at the time, but I, I think I explained that by saying no. that <laughs> I
0: didn't understand it at the time.
1: Yeah that I don't need to know – I don't need to see you in every possible situation that might come up and go, yeah, I'm comfortable, because that can't happen. And I, You know, only life and time and experience does that. But what I did see early on was that you possessed what I call the right toolkit to be able to have those discussions openly about anything that comes up and be able to be respectful in those discussions – um, and to uh, consider the other person in those talks and be able to find a common resolution together that is respectful and loving and is a win-win for, for both of us. And I think that's important that you can identify that another individual in the relationship can actually um, resolve problems when they arrive, can actually communicate with you because if you if you're stonewalled and you do have that Mm. closed down approach well it's very hard to move forward and i think that's that's a really important thing if we've got that in our relationship you know we can solve anything that comes up doesn't mean things don't come up Mm. but it means we can talk through those things and we can deal with them
0: and we've actually proven that there have been multiple things that have come up and we've talked through them and survived and come out the other end yeah so it is possible, um, but it's also a skill that one has to develop. Yeah. So it doesn't, it's not something It's a muscle that, that needs to be exercised. Yes, yes, and it's worth developing. It's worth developing because all your relationships improve as a result. Yeah. So I think that's all we have time for today. Yep um and i look forward to discussing um more relationship issues with you alex and the listeners
1: <laughs> likewise i think it's been uh, an eye-opener um just talking about these things so, see i'll tell you i'll let the viewers or listeners in on a little secret <laughs> we really didn't plan what we were going to say and i think dee was a little bit <laughs> reluctant to go down there and i said mm. let's make it organic let's just start the conversation and see what happens and surprisingly the stuff that's important to talk about just came out. and Just I,
0: oozed out. Well,
1: <laughs> yes. Um, and so I'm hoping that our future podcast will also follow a similar suit, that we will just have that organic kind of conversation. It's not a bullet point kind of this is the stuff we need to cover off. It's not a documentary. Do you it mean is a... We will
0: just ramble on. Yeah.
1: We'll we'll keep <laughs> on rambling. But it's a conversation. I think that's our style. And if you like that, hopefully you'll like our future podcast too. So, for now, this is Bye from D. And bye from A, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. If you like this episode, you can find all our other episodes either on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Better still, subscribe and make sure you're the first to know when a new episode drops. You can also check us out at www.thednaofmindfulrelationships.com or on our Facebook page. We look forward to seeing you next time. And until then, stay mindful.